Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When Christina Wyman was growing up, she was teased and bullied for the way she looked. Wyman had a craniofacial anomaly, a bone defect in her face that gave her an extreme overbite. In fact, she couldn't even close her lips. Because of Wyman's condition, kids called her Bucky Beaver and other insulting names, an experience that left Wyman with emotional scars that followed her into adulthood. To help process her childhood trauma and hopefully inspire kids in similar situations, she wrote a middle-grade book called Jawbreaker. It's about a girl named Max who has a maxillofacial deformity. Wyman hopes young readers who can relate to her story will take courage from Max's determination to overcome hard times and pursue her dreams. The book opens up with Bucky Beaver as this name that follows her throughout, and that is based on real experience. That was a neighborhood favorite. So I got to experience that pretty relentlessly, really pretty relentlessly. You know, and there are other more minor, like typical names associated with that experience, whether it's brace face, whether it's train track face, like whatever children can come up with, they are going to dish at you. Wyman says she felt different from all the other kids at school when she first got braces, even though a number of other students also wore them. Her parents didn't step in to prevent the bullying. They had married as teenagers and didn't have the emotional maturity to be responsible adults. This lack of support only worsened her experience. I was taught to stay away from my bullies. That was sometimes something I could do, and sometimes I couldn't do it because we were on the same bus together going home, you know, the same yellow bus or something, going to school and coming home. And we were all at the same bus stop and we were all in the same classes. And so it wasn't always easy to just stay away from bullies. So the advice requires more than that. I actually think that when you have a child victim of another child victim, it is on the parents to be dealing with this. Wyman's worst tormentor was her own sister. But rather than tell her sister to stop, her parents blamed both of them for fighting. It, I guess, was easier to blame both kids at the same time if they happen to be there at the same time. It's like a two-for-one deal. You get to whatever the situation is, it's both of you, stop it. You know, whatever the situation is. There's no listening. There's no trying to understand. There's no empathy. There's no trying to develop emotional maturity in your children because you cannot give what you don't have. Drawing from what she felt was lacking in her own childhood, Wyman says parents should ask school administrators for help in dealing with bullying and be more attentive and supportive at home. As far as the child, yes, we can teach them as much as we can about conflict resolution, about staying away from people who behave this way, surrounding yourself with people who make you feel good, 
relying on your friends, relying on your family and just, you know, nurturing them into just being the kind of people we want them to be. That's one thing. But when we're dealing with severe, relentless situations, the child needs to know that they have adults behind them who are going to put an end to this at home and at school. Wyman suggests parents share their experiences with bullies, whether it was for their physical appearance or some medical struggle when they were kids. Just being really open and honest with your child versus the, well, we had braces, you'll get over it. It was a lot worse for us in our day. You know, yeah, braces were a little different in the 70s, I'm sure, and before that. But it doesn't mean that what your kid is going through is any less real and any less painful and any less annoying. And the insecurity is alive and well, and that needs to be dealt with really gently and responsibly. Many kids with maxillofacial deformities need surgery if they want to correct the condition. Wyman went through three rounds of braces, hoping that it would fix her overbite. But after her third time with them, now as an adult, doctors told her she needed to get jaw surgery. So I had a class two malocclusion. I had it growing up, but it wasn't diagnosed as something requiring surgery until it was way too late. Experts say a child can get this procedure once the jaw stops developing, which is usually between the ages of 15 and 18. However, Wyman was in her early 30s when she underwent double jaw surgery. And though the procedure will fix the deformity, Wyman warns that it can be just as traumatizing and parents need to be vigilant. For parents of young children dealing with a diagnosis like this who might need surgery, empathy would not go amiss. And if you don't know what it's like to be in that position as a parent, because maybe you don't have a malocclusion to that extent, or you never had surgery or whatever, especially if you don't know what it's like, just allowing your child a space to have really complicated feelings about all of that, because it's really scary. It's really painful. Braces alone are painful, forgetting the surgery aspect of it. So for me, it's all about the emotional support and letting your child be angry if that's what they need to be. Especially since surgery doesn't magically fix everything right away. The recovery process is often a battle in its own right. After each of Wyman's two jaw surgeries, she had to drink all her meals through a straw for three weeks. There's weight loss. There is intense hunger because even if you're getting the same amount of calories, when you're not chewing, it's just a different experience. So I remember such intense hunger. So if this means allowing your child more ice cream than they would ordinarily have, a shake or something, or multiple shakes, I mean, whatever it is, that month is not the time to micromanage how your child gets through it. So I would say whatever gets them through is what you do. I mean, no questions asked. I don't care if it's a cookies and cream shake for breakfast. And though Wyman doesn't have any kids of her own, she lived through the struggle of having this condition and says the one mistake parents can make is not doing enough to support their children. Wyman's book, Jawbreaker, is available now online and wherever books are sold. You can learn more about Christina Wyman and all of our guests by visiting our website, radiohealthjournal.org. 
For more behind the scenes, follow Radio Health Journal on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen. Our lead producer is Kristen Farah. Our production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Greg Johnson. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. They're basically odorless, tasteless. You can't see them, you can't smell them, you can't taste them. And a lot of times their side effects take years to show. X-rays and CT scans are essential to healthcare, but at what cost? Then, new guidelines hope to help catch breast cancer early. Everybody has lumps and bumps in their breast tissue, and you want to get familiar with what the normal ones are, and then you will be able to detect which ones are abnormal or different. All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. They experience what's called a conditioned arousal. They might be sleepy, they get in bed, and then their brain wakes up. And that's a really common experience that we hear from people with insomnia. Tired of feeling like a zombie each morning? Why you may be sabotaging the quality of your sleep. Then... We are searching for life across the Drake equation, which means that from life's origin to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Since the dawn of civilization, humans have asked, are we really alone? I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal.